In our culture, we learn through stories. But what if the stories we hear don't match the reality of life? What if the stories we hear every day that tell us how to write the narrative of our lives actually lead us to a false narrative? My name is Tim Kroll, and on this podcast, you will hear real stories, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Real people sharing the hard times, the bends in the roads along life's journey. If you're ready to join a community of other real people who are writing the narrative of their lives, then go to narrative.live and join the community. Now let's dive into today's show. All right. Welcome back again. Another awesome story. I say that every time, but I I actually mean that. Alex and I had a chance to meet prior to this and kind of go through a pre-interview survey thing. And dude, I don't know. I felt like you were my brother from another mother kind of thing. So I'm really excited about this. We actually scheduled like, what, 20 minutes and we talked for an hour or something like that. It was was really, really incredible. So I'm actually super excited. I'm really interested to hear some of the background stories of what you have to share with us about the narrative of your life, the false narrative, the true narrative. But why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and let them kind of get to know you a little bit. Well, thanks for having me on the show, uh, Tim. My name is Alex Pauls. I'm from uh, originally from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, home of the Winnipeg Jets. But now I currently reside in Alberta, just outside of Calgary in a town called Cochrane, about 35,000 people. And I have two daughters. One's 15, the other one's 12. And I've been married to my wife for 24 years. Next year will be 25 years. And well, that's, uh, we- that's a monumental. That's good. <laughs> that's a big number there. That's awesome. Yeah. And not only that, but we uh, have a business together. So it's. Uh, I mean, we're, we'll get into it in the episode, but it's been an interesting journey on on how we got to that point. Yeah, I can only imagine. I know there's a lot of people that I talk with about trying to work with their spouses, and some of them just are like, I, it just can't happen. So we'll definitely have to hear about how that's all working out for you. As with anything with our show, I mean, like we've talked about this, it's always there is some kind of a narrative that we have believed growing up and whether that was in your childhood or your pre-adult life, and then you believe that life was going to be that way. So let's go ahead and jump into that story aspect of what was your belief level of how you were going to adult inside of your life? You know, like what was it that you were going to become? You know, all those concepts that we have, where did you get started? Yeah, well, I mean... Long, long ago, back in the seventies, I was born, <laughs> and it's funny. Like I, I'm writing a book right now, and it's interesting. Um, as you write a, a self-reflective book, one of my profound memories was that when I was uh, about three or four years old, I actually felt like I was born to do something special on this world. In this world, and then I went to school, and then school kind of beat that out of me, and. I just had to fit in and I just had to be a wallflower and I just wanted to survive. And on top of that, my father was an alcoholic and my family, you know, home childhood growing up was always filled with anxiety and not sure what's going to happen throughout, you know, every every day, every every day was, you know, there was these crazy patterns and trying to survive that, hide my family's shame. And, you know, as a, as a child, you're trying to navigate all these things. Like I, you know, I wanted to be someone special. I wanted to be uh, an inventor. I remember, I remember uh, thinking that, like, I wanted to invent something incredible for the world. And when I was five years old, I invented cereal that came already like with milk packaged. And I thought, oh, this is going to just change the world for kids. And I kept having all these uh, crazy ideas. And I thought, oh man, I I can change the world. And then as I kept going through school, I I noticed that you know, like I said, I was just trying to become more and more like a wallflower and and just trying to fit in and and not be special. And I, I think a lot of people 
you know, looking back can probably relate to that as well. Uh, you know, those, those moments of, man, we're these unique, amazing people. And then we kind of lose ourselves and we just try and put ourselves in a crowd. Yeah. Let's, let's dig into that a little bit there. Cause you said you felt like you had to hide your family's shame. Uh, you also said that you felt like you had to fit in. So the million dollar question behind that is why, what made you feel that you had to hide the shame? What made you feel that you had to fit in with the way that school was? I mean, they, they were trying to mold you into something. And like you just said, you were, you almost felt like you had to be a wallflower. Why, why did you feel that way? Uh, it's probably a lot to do with my personality. My, my youngest daughter, she's very much like me, but she's built like iron, built like stone where no matter how much anybody tries to chisel away at her to try and change her, because everybody gets uncomfortable when they're around somebody that they can't, can't figure out. And they're sub, even subconsciously, we're, we're trying to change people to make them fit, fit this mold we want them to fit in, right? And man, that like, I would say that I became a master chameleon. I could be this type of a person with this friend. I could be this type of a person with this friend. This person needed me to be the comedian. I could be that. And I got really good at, you know, I don't want to call it living a lie, but I just got really good at adapting to whatever each person needed from me. And later on in my life, I came to a point where I kind of got sick of that. I had realized Let's that pause I, here though, because this is really, really key. I mean, you said that you became, so I, I want to get back into the, that, that I was sick of that, but um, the same thing of, you said you became the chameleon, you kind of became the master of adapting to whatever it was that somebody needed from you. And again, the question comes up, why? What was the driving factor behind that, that you felt like you had to be that? Or again, going back to this, why did you feel like you had to hide some of the stuff that was going on in your family? What can you maybe take us inside of your mind and 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 share with us the the thoughts there? Yeah, it's very it's actually very simple. Um, I I needed to be liked. Mm. I, I needed to be liked by everyone. I, it really bothered me when people bullied me or you know made fun of me. I I and I could and it's funny. Like I talk about that, but it's not that there was that many people that bought like bullied me. It it actually bothered me more if someone didn't like me. That really, and even to this day, I, I can feel myself get triggered. If somebody doesn't like me, I almost get uncomfortable with like, why, what did I do? And that, that's been a process having to deal with the fact that it's okay if, you know, you don't have to be everybody's favorite. And unfortunately, no matter how good you try to be in this world, you'll always be the villain in someone's story. That's a nice mic drop moment there. I mean, that's pretty incredible because I think many of us, especially the Gen X generation, you said you were born in the 70s. So that Gen X generation, we felt that need all of the time. And uh, I've heard that story several different times. So the adapting part, and I, I want to continue down that thought line of you know feeling like you always had to adapt. How did that play out in your life? And then, like you said, I was just, I was done living that false life. So where did that, where did all that come from? I think it uh, stems back to the shame of my of my family, and it was basically a, a distraction. Like you know, hey, look at over, look over here. I'm still pretty cool. Don't don't notice what's going on over here with my crazy dad, or you know, like I love my dad, but I mean, he he had his own demons that he was wrestling with, and he still does to this day. But it's an interesting thing when you're you know you're like, and I don't think I'm unique. Uh, I, I think a lot of people as they grow up, they're, they're trying to figure out how to fit in the, into this world. Right. And I just did it. Uh, you know, I, I, it was funny. I, I had a personality test done when I was like in 33, 35. And I realized that I was very, very adaptable. Like I was 
like almost like perfect in the middle uh, of everything. And that kind of made sense to me. A lot of things started clicking, but made sense to me that why I became the chameleon, because I, I can be an extrovert. I can be an introvert. I can be very emotional. I have a lot of emotional intelligence. I have a lot of technical intelligence, so I can really... I can really connect with almost everyone. And I, it really, it really does bother me when certain types of people, you know, almost are repelled by me like a magnetic repulsion. And uh, I'm a student of human nature and I try and figure out what I can do better next time to, you know, maybe not offend somebody, maybe, maybe not come on so strong, but to at least not be friends, but not be enemies either. So that to me is, it's very fascinating. And as I've been going through my life, just trying to figure out you know, that human aspect. But like I, like I was telling you, uh, there came a point where I had to be okay with who I am too, and, and actually break it down and figure out who I am. And, and that was a really interesting, uh, you know, after you, you know, at about 30 years old, 28 years old, uh, of trying to chameleon, all of a sudden, just trying to like break it down and, and figure out like that little spark when I was like three or four years old, try and find that spark again of, of that special me and, and figure that out. I think, I, I hope that everybody can and have that moment and and try and you know dig up who they were before kind of you know school and peers and groups kind of beat that amazing individual out of you. Yeah, it's amazing too when you're talking about this. So let's sum it up. What would be your what was your belief or your false narrative that you grew up within that time frame of trying to be everything? What would you summarize and say that that was? This is my false narrative. Yeah, my ultimate false narrative, and I'm still battling with it, is my self-worth. Like I, it even still triggers me. It's like, you know, I'm coming on your show. Who am I to come on your show? Am I, am I worthy of your time? Like I, I really respect, I really respect you and I respect your time. And I, I want to bring something amazing to every relationship. And I want to be like in, in, you know, in my subconscious, like I'm really sharing right now, but in, in my subconscious, I really want to be this person that's worthy of you. And I don't want to waste your time. And, uh, and, and if you can like me, great. And if you can at least get something memorable from me, I've done my job. And, and to me, that, to me, that's incredible. But yeah, it's, it's definitely comes down to self-worth. And in our pre-interview, I, I was talking to you about this book that I read, this uh, adult children of alcoholics. That's where a lot of things really started to fall into place where, oh, I'm not, I'm not unique in that respect. Like there's certain things that happen to us and we become who we are because of these things in our lives and self-worth and shame are, are part of that. So I've had to, it was great to have that realization and now I have to, you know, work through it. So definitely. Right. So what was that transition then from the time of, Hey, cause you're, obviously you're not being a chameleon with me and you're sharing the authenticity that's coming from your heart and from your soul. And I, I commend you for that. And I appreciate that. And I thank you for, for, for the, the courage that it takes to be able to do that. It's not easy. It's totally not easy. But what was that transition like to be able to say, okay, I am no longer going to continue to act under this premise of I have to be adaptable. I have to be all things to people. What made you start to shift in that mindset of I'm not going to be that way? And okay, so that's the to me, that's the million dollar question. That is, that is that is the ultimate, like, wow. So think about it this way. Like, I thought that I had lots of friends because I did everything I needed to become friends with everybody. And they knew they knew the person they needed to know, the the character, right? And when I stopped being the character that they needed and I started to be me, the character, period, of you know, who I th- and it's ever evolving, right? I, it's funny. I d- took the seven habits of highly effective people 
And one of the exercises was at 80 years old, everybody's at your, you know, you die when you're 80 and everybody's at your funeral. What are they saying about you? And I'm like, man, that's so I have to try and build and live, you know, with that 80 year old vision of me, like who was I? And when I broke that down, I started to lose those friends. I had to be okay with that, like to to go from maybe 10 to like two friends. And then, you know, my wife, like I would say that I I was a chameleon with my wife when we first started dating. I was 15 years old. And I mean, you're young, right? You're you're uh, you're working on yourself and trying to be a good mate and and convince her that you're worthy. And I'm trying to convince myself that I'm worthy. It was something else to watch the friends fall off as I work on on who the best version of me, not the best version of me that they needed from me, but the best version of me that the world needed, you know, like how I can go into the community and and, and serve everyone without having to appeal to everyone's, you know, psyche or, or fit into their box, right? I hope that answers the question. Yeah, let's dig into it, though, because it sounds like there's a lot of good stuff in there. So when you're looking at that, being able to say, yes, the, the transition is there. You talked about the transition, but was there one epic trauma, bend in the road, a thing that kind of basically came out of, you know, like a, a meteor hitting you and saying, okay, you need to wake up because if you don't wake up and you continue down this path, you're going to end up with this mile wide of friends, but nobody's got a deep relationship with you. And nobody's going to be there at your funeral, like you were just talking about with that seven habits aspect. So was there something that really triggered that whole thought process and that shift in your mind? I think the straw that broke the camel's back was, I just had this moment, uh, and it's in my book where I talk about, I'm just taking the garbage out one day, and I just get hit with this lightning bolt. And I don't know if anyone has any experiences with God or, you know, you get these divine messages, but I, like, I don't hear a voice or anything. I hear my own voice, but it, it's, it's a message and it's meant for me. And I got this message and, you know, to try and download the package and, and put it into English, it, it would be like, you know, stop trying to please everyone. And it's time to, it, I was about 35 years old when this happened, 36 years old. And it, it's time to shake things up. It, it was time to, you know, like I was trying, I was the oldest child and I was trying to please everyone. I was trying to please my parents by having a, a great job and building a, a big house, have, having kids, having a wife. And then next thing you know, and I, it's funny, like we probably call this like the midlife crisis for all men, but it's like, you don't have to blow up your life. But when your life is on cruise control at 35 or 36, you don't realize that you're slowly already beginning to die when you don't really, when your only goal is to retire at 55. To me, that's very sad. Like I had this moment where like, oh man, like all I'm doing now is just, I'm on cruise control. I'm just trying to make it to 55 where I can just walk away into the sunset and and that's it. And this message came to me and it said, you know, back, back to that little spark of me being three or four years old. It's like, it's time to get in touch with with that special person, that person that's here for a reason. And that person isn't meant to just sit in a cubicle for 40, 50 hours a week and then go home and, you know, have a couple hours of Netflix and then get up and do it again until you die. So, yeah. Would you say that that was uh, really a common, a realization about your own purpose of why you're here? Was it that, that kind of epic type yeah. of? Yeah, exactly. That I couldn't say it any better. It was, it was that wake up call of, okay, you know, you've wasted enough time. This, this is, and it's kind of scary. It's like, this is this is the last chance God is going to reach out to me and give me that like, hey, like you you have not self control. It's 
you have uh, oh geez i'm blanking you know that's okay that's that's why this is so real i love the authenticity so it's okay to blank yeah you have free will and it's like okay i'm giving you the free will here's your choose your adventure choose your own adventure path you can keep going with what you got or you can go down this path and it's going to be terrifying but it's going to be the most rewarding thing ever i promise yeah and it, it was like oh okay so I just got to have faith and, and realize that, yeah, it's going to be terrifying, but you know, let, let's go, let's go for it. We only live once. Yeah. So I actually want to explore one other topic here before we kind of transition to where you're at currently, because you said you were really understanding who you were and how to be able to serve the world in a better manner. And then you mentioned previously, like when we first started the conversation here, that you have a business with your wife, you've been married for 25 years. So your wife has watched you walk through this whole transition of who you are as an individual and how you've crafted and and wrote the story of your your life. I'm curious, was there a point in time in your own life where you had fear that she was going to reject you for this change because you had attempted to adapt to what she needed? And was there a fear in your own own personality of like, uh, okay, here we go. Yeah, now, obviously it's good. You t- married 25 years, but I'm really curious about that part of it. Yeah, that's that's an amazing question. Uh, I, I, another million dollar question. So what I say to a lot of people is when you find a partner, when you marry the right person, they're always actively cheering for you to become the best version of yourself. And she recognized, she rec- like children are not stupid. They know when things are not well at home, not, not things aren't going good at home. And during this, this time, you know, my wife was suffering from depression. Uh, physically, she wasn't doing well. I was suffering from depression too. And we were probably equally upset with the fact that we were going, we were both going in the wrong direction. And we love each other so much that we're constantly cheering for the other to keep adapting, to keep changing, to like, we're not scared. We're not scared of that change. And that, to me, that's incredible. A lot of people are scared of change, right? Like, especially when you've met when you're 15 and then all of a sudden I don't recognize this person anymore. That's good. You don't want to be able to recognize that person 15, 20 years later. Otherwise, you just wasted 20 years of your life. You want to keep adapting and leveling up and, and getting better. So when we had that moment where let's do this, let's sell the house, let's sell all our stuff, let's go to Europe with our kids, let's check off as much from our bucket list as possible. And all of a sudden, physically, mentally, like all of our stuff faded away, like miraculously, right? Like all the chains just got torn off of us of this life that we that was no longer serving us. And and we checked off all these bucket list items, and we changed everything. And we moved to Alberta, and we started working together. And our business took off like her, she already had the business, but it doubled and then it doubled again. And like, there's a lot of divine things that can happen to you in your life when you trust. And when you have the right partner in your life that is cheering for you and wanting for like, she gets so mad at me because of my issues with myself, like my, you know, my value, like I don't value myself enough. And she gets mad at me because she's like, I see so much gold in you. And you're just holding it back from people. You're doing a disservice. She has to slap me in the head probably once a week still like it's uh these old habits, they die hard. And as I kill as I'm trying to slay this beast and give the world the best version of me to try and make this world a better place. I mean, who, who am I? I'm just one person out of 8 billion. But I mean, it it starts with all of us, right? We're these little stars that can impact things so amazingly. And 
When you have an incredible partner that's cheering for you to be the best version of yourself and to keep leveling up, I wish that for everyone. I really do. That's that's one of my gifts. That's why we wrote our book, like to try and inspire people. Like, don't just get married for the sake of getting married to somebody to have kids. Find find actively find that partner that is gonna be, you know, making you the best version of yourself and you're making your partner that their best version. And you're not scared of them changing or or becoming something different because they're gonna morph into something even more amazing that you're gonna love even more. That's such an awesome perspective. Can we uh, can we name your wife to give her some honor? <laughs> yeah, my wife. <laughs> I mentioned her name, so at least honor in that way by giving her a name. Sure, she, she's the K and the KP design. Her name is Katalin Pauls, Kati for short. Kati, awesome, awesome. Maybe we'll be able to get her story. The other side of the perspective of things going, maybe we'll get that. But so sure. uh, you've made this transition and, it, and you have this awesome support, but you also see some people falling away. And some people that obviously probably were better to fall away in that whole scenario in that situation because they you weren't giving them what they wanted. Rather, it, the whole thing is there. But so now you've made this transition. Yes, there's still demons you battle. Yes, there's still struggles. But what is the positive that you have? What is the perspective, the narrative that you're choosing to write right now in your life? What What does that look like for you? I think my biggest takeaway from all of this is to trust in yourself that you you are capable of doing incredible things. I mean, if you if you try to eat the elephants all in one day, you yeah. won't be able to. But you take the you take the bites and every day you eventually you eat the whole thing. But like together we've written two books already and I never thought and I always wanted to and I never thought I could. But to co-author a book was a little bit easier. I'm like, oh, okay. So you, you get your feet wet, you kind of evolve. And now I'm writing my own book. And I mean, I've been dragging my feet on it, but I, I've committed to next month, really, really going for it and, and finishing this book. But it, it's incredible when you look, that, that's the good thing about being middle-aged too, is you can kind of look back at your evolution and and see all the hard things, all the hardships that you've gone through and what how you came out stronger what you learned from them. You know, I didn't die. I didn't die from all these terrifying things, all the, uh, you know, speaking in public. And, you know, I got in trouble with my parents a few times that I, you know, I didn't die. Like we all have these, we all have these moments where, you know, you learn, you learn and you get better. And it's amazing. Like to look back on the last 20 years of my life, 25 years of my life, when we first got married and to see all the challenges with money and, you know, all, all the struggles and then to have the luxury of knowing what I know now uh, of at, at any moment, we can change things if we want to. We're, we're actually in control a lot more than people think like, yeah, you got a mortgage. Yeah, you got a house, you have kids, but that doesn't mean that you're trapped. You're, you're not trapped. You can make chess like moves and decisions and, and still create that, that vision at, at your 80 year old as your 80 year old self, like what, what's going to get you there and and what you want it to look like. And but what are some practical things that you're doing right now? Uh, because you talked about the fact that you're establishing your self-worth, you're building on the value that you bring to the world. What are the things that you're doing right now to make those strategic moves? Yeah. I, I say that I'm always like this year alone was a lot of character building. I started taking martial arts for exercise, for discipline, for 
uh, forming bonds with new people, like-minded people. To me, that was huge. I can't recommend it enough. Like I'm 44 years old and I start taking jujitsu and I think, oh man, this is going to be a, this is going to be a hurt. (laughs) And it ended up being one of the most incredible things after the pandemic. Like I lost a whole bunch of friends. And then next thing you know, I'm all these guys are wrestling and choking me. And now, and now we're buddies. And I'm like, that's so incredible. And who am I to just start doing martial arts at, at 44? I, I, uh, you know, one of the things I do is I meditate. I go, I go on my motorcycle. My parents never wanted me to get a motorcycle. I got a motorcycle when I was 40 years old and put the helmet on and I meditate while I, while I ride and, and I'm in nature and that's amazing. I, I just did an extreme character challenge, basically breaking down like faith, mind, body, spirit type growth and th- just things like that. My, my wife and I are constantly challenging each other to build our, our business in different ways. We are, we try different things. We fail. We, we try something else. I'm constantly reading. I, I can't recommend enough. Like the things that we consume, like there's a lot of garbage out there that we consume. I, I, I personally like what you're doing with this podcast. This is good consumption. Like if you're learning from other people, we're, you're basically getting a mentor every, every episode, right? You're, you're learning something new, um, that, you're not you. You might not be as unique as you thought you were because I, I bet you a lot of people battle with self worth, especially men. So that's you know that's my audience. That's my audience for my book. Is I want to help make this world a better place by you know inspiring strong men. We, like if we had an army of strong men, like what couldn't we do, right? Oh man, take care of our communities and oh the world would be an incredible place. And I, I know we're going to get there. Yeah, you talked about so many things here, and I'm very grateful. I mean, everything from the fact of making that transition from not having self-worth, not feeling valued to I am going to establish a new precedent. I'm going to establish my value. And then you're doing specific activities and you're and you've got the cheerleader in your corner. I mean, your wife sounds like she's your best supporter, the strongest supporter. I mean, all of those things coming through in this conversation, but if somebody's listening to this and you're like, man, if I could only get one thing across to you, what would that one thing be? I think it would be to believe in yourself and know that you are incredibly special. You have unique gifts that no one else can do. And like the the combination of things that you can bring to the table, no one, no one else is you. So work on sharpening your swords, find a mentor, find a coach, find a, a, a wonderful partner that helps get the best out of you so that you can make the world a better place. You are an incredible person. Like that to me, honestly, that I had an epiphany in September. And when I, when I realized that I was created for a reason and I am very significant, I'm not just the speck of space dust that's flying through the universe randomly. And I'm not that I, I was, I was created for a reason and I'm here to do an incredible work with this time. And I guess it's hard for me to put it into words, but I I wish, I wish more people believed that they are special because we are, you take, you take yourself out of that group and you, you know, you realize like how incredible you are And, and you can do that for anybody. You can take anybody out of any group and you sit down and talk to them and you're like, wow, this, this person should write a book. Their story alone is so incredible. And we all have that potential. And that's part of my figuring out my self-worth. Like my story is worth telling. And it can inspire a lot of people to do a lot of incredible things. Even if it inspired only one person, at least, 
you know, I changed one person's life. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, these stories and these things that come out, inevitably, we get people that contact us and say, hey, how can I reach out? So how can somebody reach out to you uh, if, if they want to, you know, especially if they feel like they're resonating with your story, they're resonating with the things that are going on. How can somebody reach out? I know you've got multiple businesses. I know you consult. I know you got things going on, but what's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, you can reach out through our website, kpdesign.ca. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn as Alex Pauls. Uh, you'll, you'll see me on there, KP Design and Conquer Your Business. You can uh, email me at uh, alex.kpdesign at gmail.com. That's probably the email I check the most. And yeah, I, I'd love to hear from you. If, uh, if there's anything you need from me, you just let me know. Yeah, that's incredible. And we'll make sure we put all those links in the uh, notes as far as for how to be able to get in contact. So if you're listening to this, you can actually go back and look at the notes. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can go back and look at the notes. We'll be able to get that stuff out for you. Um, And again, I, I would just echo the same thing that Alex just said. Our passion is to inspire. Our passion is to support and encourage for those that are going through situations that they feel like they're alone. We are, we want to be here as a way for somebody to reach out so that you know that you're not the only person that's going through whatever it is, whatever challenge you're, that's facing you right now. You're not alone through that. Uh, so we want you to reach out to us. We want you to, to tell us your stories. We want you to let us know how this inspired you to change or to be different. And whether you reach out directly to me, or you reach out to Alex, I am fine with either one as long as you're reaching out. So so again, another great, incredible story. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate this so much. So until next time, guys, gals, whoever's listening, make sure you continue to write your story. You have the control, you have the power to craft your narrative. And don't stop because it's only going to get better. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the author of your story? Take the next step now at www.narrative.live and enter your details to connect with a community of others just like you that are tired of living under the false narrative. Finding your true story and writing your narrative, it will give you clarity, freedom of your day, and it just might change your life forever.